All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our dungeon chat. Um, first, I just want to say I have our lovely DM, Justin, here with me and nobody else since we're just doing a one-on-one -on -one tonight. Um, first off, some announcements. Uh, due to the COVID-19 risks, we are doing our part not to spread any possible infections. Our current game is on hold until the risks are mitigated or someone has said someone official has said that uh, it's safe to start going back out and doing things again. However, we are still doing content and making up for that game by doing two separate one-shots on Roll20. All content are on the following dates. Sunday, the 22nd of March, um, from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. is our goal. We'll be doing another Keep on the Borderlands with me as your DM. Um, Saturday, the 28th, will be a, another one-shot from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., uh, unnamed one-shot as of right now. The DM will be Megan, our uh, Hephaestia player. Um, yes. And Sunday, April 5th, 12 to 6 p.m., is what we're hoping to have as our, is starting back up our Azkazir game. Um, Which is the, we, we will, uh, the main game. We'll hope to be in person for that. Yes, we're hoping to be in person. That will not be on Roll20. We're hoping that we can get back into the swing of things and that we won't spread any COVID-19. Um, we're still determining when I'll be doing a little, uh, I'll be painting a miniature f as a giveaway. Um, if you guys want to in the chat tonight for Twitch, please just type in what you'd like to see me paint, and uh, we'll take a look at that. Well, um, I mean, do we, do we think Greg will get to do the thing Greg wants to do? Maybe, maybe, but... We still, at the end of the day, get to decide. And I'd like to see what the chat wants to see as That's well. That's true. That's true. So, and uh, on the Sunday, the 26th, that should be the game, the next game of Azkazir. Still, again, hoping that we can do the next two games. Um, and then, of course, Dungeon Chats in, in between there. Um, Justin, do we have any other announcements? Oh, geez, I think that's everything. I think okay. that's all the super important stuff. Excellent, excellent. Um, except for please, please wash your hands. No matter where in the world you live, wash your hands. Mm -hmm. And today's tip for the players, don't worry so much about getting bogged down in the nitty-gritty of the rules. It's okay to get rules wrong, even if you're the DM or the player. If you, I recommend that you just try and do the thing, just tell the DM what you want to do, regardless of what the rules are. Your DM or another player will tell you what the rules are and you'll better understand what how to go about what you want to do no matter what it is if it's combat if it's a social interaction a puzzle a trap that you're trying to avoid just remove the stress from your game by just saying hey dm i want to do this i don't know how to do it i don't know the rules for it and a good dm and good set of players they will just hey this is the rules of how to go about doing that um anything you want to add to that justin uh, okay. I always tell people to keep in mind you have six seconds to do basically whatever you want to do. Yep. And, I mean, if, if you frame it within six seconds and they tell you something that maybe is off the wall as a dungeon master, you can go, okay, well, this one part is your action, this other part's your bonus action, and you know what? You want to do some backflips? We'll just call that movement. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll find a way to make it work without being too bogged down. Yeah, just if you, if, if you tell your turn like a story everyone else will pitch in and make sure it's part of the rules. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I think that's it. We can dive right into our questions. We actually have viewer questions tonight. Um, I'm going to do nine uh, questions for you since uh, we had questions from the last dungeon chat that we can just 
kind of plop on over since you weren't able to join us. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> first question is from our player, Patrick. He oh, says, no. I know you we were very excited to bring Matthew Colville's interpretation of side quests into the game. Now that the first character has had one, how do you feel it went? Were you oh, well, worried? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll space it up. So first up, he had like three questions in one question. So how okay. do you feel it went? First, I, I feel so. We've had two side quests now. We had tax adventure into the sewers of Belgard, and we had uh, Hephaestia and Forain going on a uh, adventure in, near the uh, the wilderness off the main road going into Belgard. And I thought both of these went fantastic. I was able to use them to set up side quests, which are really important to me for how I want to run this game. And I was able to drop and sprinkle in some some things in both instances um, that are very character specific. So um, are very uh, yeah character backstory specific. So they're they're little things. They're little things. Who knows what they'll amount to? But it, it's just giving those players in in a group where we have seven and seven players. You know, giving those those players a chance to shine a little bit. Um, even if it's on their own, it's nice. And I'm hoping that we can find a way to let viewers see these side quests. Cause we, we, we typically do them off screen, uh, either in discord or uh, text message, which is how Hephaestia and Forain did most of theirs. If we weren't stuck in combat right now, um, that might've worked as like, a, as like our roll 20 game, but we're, we're kind of in the middle of something we can't do that in. Mm. But oh, oh, you mean exploring the sewers for the kids? Yeah, yeah. If if we, if things didn't end last session in combat, we probably would have been able. Oh, yeah, we can do a couple side quests. It's one shots, you know, whatever. But yeah, um, I'm excited for the one shots anyway because I get to DM. Um, yes. Continuing Patrick's questions: uh, Were you worried about the character's safety being alone? I'm assuming he's talking about tax specific. Uh, yeah, uh, since you almost had your mouth melted off. Oh, it was it was uh, spicy bones. Spicy bones. Spicy uh, bones. Am I worried? No. That's I, a good. I, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good DM answer. <laughs> no, I, I the side the side quests aren't mandatory, and and I know that that uh, I almost called him Kerchek. I know that Kyle uh, as Salvador was was you know he was unable to attend even though he wanted to. So that's that has upset him to some capacities, but any other player could have said they were going with you and no one did. So it's true. It's um, true. And you didn't die. It's not, it wouldn't, I would have been sad if you had died. I don't die in five quest, but... It doesn't happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be that way. Um, <laughs> now Patrick's final question. Did you learn any valuable lessons you apply to the next, that you will apply to the next side quest? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> another wonderful dm answer all right the next question is from ashley your non-chaotic players in just one session set a house on fire and then hid the evidence resisted arrest and ran from the police made a child cry about their dead cat and bribed two different people at what point did you make would you make us change our alignments to chaotic That is a really good question. Um, that's a really good question. I, here's the thing. 
I don't think that any of these things were a hundred percent the player's fault. I, I think that I think a lot of this is their actual literal character's fault. Um, new town, new place, new part of the continent for some. Um, things are happening. You're reacting to them, and you you react the best that you can in the moment. I, I think that that is different than a calculated decision to be chaotic. Um, now, Hikate stabbing somebody, notwithstanding, but maybe she is that, chaotic. That, to be fair, that was a natural one. It was. It was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> it was a, I mean, we so can, always, I we can argue until the, the cows come tag- home that you probably shouldn't have brought your dagger out, but it was a natural one. She wasn't yeah. intending. I mean, tax set the house on fire, accident. Uh, also, to, to Ashley, just, you know, she is a chaotic character. She's chaotic good and chaotically set a house on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no alignment change needed there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, uh, you, you could have cast, you know, Flame Bolt would have been just as effective at silencing the bad guy, or the, the regular civilian running out of the house. Well, that's just evil. <laughs> exactly. So my, my, that's my point, is these things didn't happen out of malice. They, I mean, with the exception of Hephaestia making the kid cry, but that's just being out of place. And <laughs> She was in character. You, 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 could, you don't have to be a bad person or be chaotic to be lacking um, tact, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a, I mean, how, how, um, how relatable is that to be out of place? I mean, we've all started a new job or gone to a new school. I mean, you place and you want to fit in and sometimes you don't say things that are uh, super charming and that's okay. It's character development and I can't wait to see what happens with it. It's going to be great. All right. Next question is from me. Oh, no. Um, now this question comes from not last session. It comes from chaos at Belgarde where house caught on fire, everything, not the okay. session. after. Gotcha. So I feel like that that session was the first time you were completely reactive. A hundred percent of a session. Um, first off, do you feel like this is true? And second, did, how did you feel to just ad lib an entire session? Was it more or less exhausting than trying to push players in a direction with a plan? Well, I don't think it's a hundred percent, a hundred percent fair to say that it was a hundred percent reactive. It was probably ninety-five percent reactive. <laughs> um, my, my point there being is is in the way I want to run this game, uh, which is that there isn't the pressure of a Vecna trying to destroy the the plane of existence or whatever Vecna was trying to do. I want there to be a world that is living and breathing, that there is an opportunity, you know, um, idle hands are the devil's playthings, right? That's, that's the old saying, there's nothing to do. So what are you getting up to? And maybe it will cause problems. So that's kind of exactly how I want these games to go. Now, admittedly there, there'll be some side quests and some, you know, player very centric uh, stories that are that are happening, but I just want I, I want y'all to live in a living, breathing world. So I say ninety five percent because that five percent that I've done is my focus has been on what is going on in these cities. What do these cities do? 
Um, what are the trade of these cities? What is the society? What is the structure of these cities? Are they poor? Are they rich? Are they middle income? What are the guards like in these cities? So that pre-work informs the ad lib. Uh, and so because that pre-work was done, I think I'm up to like 16 pages of just the inner workings on Belgard. Amazing. Um, I don't have to know, and all most of it's general. Like it, it's not very little of it is like this NPC's name is this. There's a little bit of that, but it, it's mostly things that I can use to inform the city and make it feel living and breathing. Did I answer that question, or did I go on a hard tangent? No, no, it's, no. That's <sighs> we're here for. That's you absolutely answered the question. Um, would you say? I guess was it more or less exhausting than like having a set out plan that like like at session one like session one is always going to be okay I need to get players in a direction at least so they can have like a problem to solve together. Um, would you say that that is more exhausting to like like have that kind of pressure put on you or like to just react? Um, the whole session, session one is always the most exhausting for me. Always. I agree. Yeah, same for me. Um, this session. I would say every session after that is equally exhausting for me, which is to say they are all exhausting. Like by the <laughs> time right, we so finish, by the time we finish six hours, I I usually lay out on the floor and Riley comes over. That's my daughter and just pats my face if she's still awake, and I'm like thinking about interacting with her, but probably not actually moving my arms in any way. <laughs> so, and that's after every session we've ever had. Well, I'm glad you moved the time from eight hours to six. I think six is perfect. So. It's it's a, it's a good run time. There are times I wish we ran for eight, but then my body is like, no. <laughs> We're getting old. Um, Never. No, that was really good. That was really good. Um, excellent. Question four. First viewer question, probably the most relevant one for the viewers, is from iWing Twitch. I, I wing Twitch. Is that I an I? This whole time I thought that was an L. I thought it was an I. It might be L wing Twitch. Um, I or L wing <laughs> Twitch. Please tell us what letter that is. On the Please. great debate of our time. Well, I, and I happen to know. So I messaged I wing. So let, before I even answer the question, I, I don't even know if I heard the question. But before I, I haven't said the question, the question, I want to thank I wing Twitch, um, because this person was the very first person to watch us from beginning to end six well, hours maybe, of play maybe uh, iwing twitch is just gonna get a painted mini from me well i've already so we we did a giveaway that day uh and iwing did not win the giveaway so i messaged iwing um and iwing is gonna help me create an npc for the world um nice. in in iwing's honor uh, because i for me that it would just blew my mind. I, I can't we, like the whole. We started doing this, and hey, there's so many big competitors out there and colleagues in this streaming market. I was like, well, we'll set up the cameras and see what happens. Uh, to have done it for just three months, and then we have a person be willing to do that for me was just incredible. Yes, thank you. I mean, it's just it's it's such an incredible. So, what is I Wing Twitch's question? How did how, I can tell this person's from the American South? How do y'all meet each other? Oh, uh, we never have. 
we we have actually never met. Uh, it's all green screen. Uh, it's every bit of it's green screen. No. Um, how did we meet? Uh, pretty easy story. I was working at Best Buy probably eight years oh, ago. Oh, you're going all the way back. Yeah. Well, how did we meet? That's what you do. I was working <laughs> at Best Buy. Uh, and this was probably, what, eight years ago? Yeah, it's been almost a decade. Almost a decade. And one of my coworkers, um, wonderful human being by the name of Amber, uh, said, hey, you want to come play poker with us? And so we went over to Daniel's house. And you remember when we played poker before we played Magic the Gathering? I never actually joined you guys for poker. <sighs> okay, well, anyways, it was poker. So poker, I met everybody that would lead me into this friend group. Um, and it was, it was pretty much just countless nights of Magic the Gathering, and which I had never played before. Uh, that's uh, also where I learned to play Magic the Gathering. We would play... We and then meet. League of Legends. Oh, yeah, League of Legends as well. We would meet up one every, like every, like once a week or something, like on a Friday night, Friday or Saturday night. And I remember we would start at maybe like 8 p.m. or something like that. Or whenever, whenever the host, I don't know if I, he wants me using his name here. Whenever he would get off work, we would meet at his place. Mm-hmm. And we would literally play until the sun came up. And we went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time to go home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many times. <clears throat> many, many tournaments times. there. We, we played a lot of Magic the Gathering. Well, you know, the tournaments were fun. But you know what my favorite thing was? Hmm. The six, seven player free for alls <laughs> that went on for like three hours because, of course, they did. And, I think and, and I think we my favorite was sta- Secret we didn't Alliance. Use standard, we just oh god, Secret Alliance was great. That and what was a two headed giant? That and two headed giant. I, my my favorite was still Secret Alliance because you could like you know you had a. I, had I always attacked card. my ally. I always attacked my ally, and people caught on to that. They're like, oh yeah, if he's attacking you, you're his ally. He's trying to trick everybody. <laughs> it worked mm-hmm. sometimes. Won a couple games that way. Okay. Uh, but yeah, anyways, we, we, we played D&D with some of this friend group, and as we grew up and did other things, it splintered, and uh, it became this really refined group of uh, me, uh, Kyle, and Creed, and, and then uh, I knew Patrick from work. We roped him in uh, for your game, and he, Patrick and I had known each other since 2013. Right, right. Patrick was, we didn't meet Patrick until a couple of years ago when we yeah. were, you know, we were doing like a little home game. I had moved back from Florida. Yep. And and then we before we knew it, we were all playing. And then we started playing, and then Patrick got invited, and he just became a core part of the group. And uh, we finished that, and now here we are. After finishing that one campaign, and you decided, like, hey, I want, I want to stream this shit. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm, it's really nice. Good times. Man, and, thanks, indeed. Iwing Twitch. You took me down memory lane. How yep. dare you? Took us both down memory lane. Damn. <laughs> I, I was interrupting your question. Um, <laughs> next question's from me. Uh, this, is, this is still back in the Chaos from Belgarde episode. Okay. You, you inadvertently took a side in a debate that has gone on since original D&D. And I know you, we, we talked about this, but I, I'm just going to use this I think this I know where anyway. you're going with this. Yeah, and that is, is the Grease spell flammable? Many say yes, some say that's not the spell's intention. Now that you have had time to process, would you rule it the same way again? Why or why not? Uh, okay, so would I rule the house catching on fire the same way? Yes, because there's oil in the lantern. Uh, grease can be flammable. 
but oftentimes it isn't. More often than not, it isn't. It's a it's a thick lubricant um, that very often, because it's used in machinery, is not flammable because uh, it would be super counterproductive. Uh, which is why it is called grease and not called oil slick. Um, uh, so I probably would rule it a little differently next time, to be perfectly honest. It's 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 not the spell's intention. Like, what level is that spell? First level? First level. I mean, you, you cover someone in grease and throw a torch on it, you've got a fireball, and that's... You're now now you're, you're, you're disrupting the balance of play. Is it cool? Yes, but it's only cool if your DM says it's a legal move. And I think in the future, I probably would say, no, not quite. Now, so, if you want to if you want to go to the store and buy a vial of oil and throw it on somebody and then douse or, and then put them on fire, by all means. Well, there's actually but, rules for that in the PHB. For oh, for lighting. Flask of oil. Yeah, it does yeah, five damage flat. Oh, nice. Like, don't even roll. It just does five damage when um, it's on fire. Yeah. It doesn't set the on fire condition. Uh, I'd have to double check that, but I know I mean, it does there's five not, damage. I don't think there is an official on fire condition, but there I should don't think be. so either. But I would do it. Now that's something I would do. If if because for me that takes two action economy. That's the action to interact with an object to to splash somebody with oil as an attack. It's you know we 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 call potions a bonus action, but that's like putting it in your own mouth. You're trying to like throw it on somebody. That's one action, and then another action, whether it be your own or somebody else's, to throw the torch. Uh, I would I would probably homebrew in the in the moment some sort of an on fire condition um if both of those actions and, work and since the grease spell isn't flammable i can smother that fire out i saw that argument well we'll see we'll <laughs> yeah see. It, th this is this is the the problem yeah, with grease it's just i don't know yeah yeah anyways i think we're, <laughs> we'll talk about that later <laughs> Uh, I, Next you know what we'll question. do? We'll, we'll, you know what we'll do? We'll do a, we'll do a video for YouTube where we set my backyard on fire and then try smothering it with grease. <laughs> and oh, if God, it puts no. the fire out, then we'll allow it in the future. If it doesn't put the fire out, well, then I'll need a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Another question from I wing Twitch or L -wing oh, Twitch. two. Okay. You got three from this person. Um, yeah. How do you make balanced encounters so well? CR and larger groups. It was in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I shotgun approach. I throw it at the wall. No. Um, th there are some rhyme and reason. Um, this, this question I cheated on a little bit because I peeked at it. And I wanted to think about it some. Um, the... There are a few things I use that I think all DMs probably should use. Um, and I'll start from basic to less basic. Make the terrain difficult somehow. So in the crocodile fight in the last episode, it was really important to me that this fight was in a five-foot-wide hallway. So you are just in a tunnel. And there is some, there's still verticality to this map because there is a sewer trench in the middle that is at least 10 feet deep. Um, full of water that happens to have a current. Um, and I was okay for this. It was a little homebrewy, allowing people to be on like the right side of the tunnel or the left side of the tunnel to give themselves a little bit better line of sight. But it was still 
difficult terrain in, in, in difficult terrain in that it was tight space. Um, and then utilizing creatures that split the party, even if it's only by, you know, 30 feet increments. Uh, so the crocodiles latch on and then drag you into the water and then the water can drag you downstream. So now you're no longer with each other. So it's not as easy to hit somebody with a healing spell. Uh, not as easy to dump a potion in someone's mouth. Oh, you want to go after your friend? You need to dive into this water and make a strength check to see if you get ripped away by the current. Uh, and you all handled these things wonderfully with like rope tied to you and uh, making some good checks and enlarging and all sorts of things. But all of the, uh, crocodiles are CR quarter. They're a quarter CR. I mean, they're 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 nothing. And even five of them still is... The terrain is making them stronger than they are. Yeah, so by themselves, they're nothing. Um, But that tight space, and then that combat encounter has a black pudding in it. Now, that is a CR4 creature, and it's a creature that can slip through tight spaces, like cracks in walls, and, and has the ability to utilize its movement to go places in, in that environment. So focusing on environment is a big, big deal. Um, if you go back three episodes, there was, I think three, yeah, three at the end of that episode, there is a fight with a red cap. Red caps are already known to be pretty difficult. I think it's a CR six creature. Um, I easily had bumped that up to about a CR eight, but I have seven players. So that's seven players times two for action economy, bonus action, action. That one single red cap is extremely outnumbered. So the way that fight became a difficult fight was just go watch Matthew Mer- or not Matthew Mercer, Matthew Colville. Uh, Matt Colville, MCDM Productions, also on Twitch. Uh, he's got a YouTube video called Making Action-Oriented Monsters, and it's all about giving your monsters an action economy capable of standing up to a large party. Um, and it's phenomenal and everything I wanted. And quite frankly, everything that D and D needs, especially if you have a large group. Um, and that was like out in the middle of the field. There was very, very few ways to add terrain conditions to that. So beefing up that creature made that fight much deadlier. Well, I'll, I'll add like having no terrain, difficulty is why we why we dogpiled it and it just had that ability that did most of its damage oh yeah yeah it's a little aoe yeah so so really an easy terrain was a nice nice trap so it was great encounter great oh yeah our next question is from greg uh foreign treehorn our player as of a couple sessions ago, uh I, i don't think i don't think i was there for this this session i think this was session one i don't think it was um, on Twitch. So uh, this question comes from a while ago. Okay, so a couple of sessions ago, we established Justin, quote-unquote, as an adventurous improv entity pregame. Is there any... Oh, no. He's talking about Yeah, the, you were here for this. I was here for this. I was here for this. Yeah, an, yeah this was As an adventurous improv entity pregame as one of our warm-ups. Is there any okay, hope so, of encountering the renowned hero Justin in the game? So, quick... T- uh, uh, 
being brought up to speed and tip on this. So the being brought up to speed, for those who aren't familiar, we, at the beginning of just about every game, we didn't let the last one because we were running late, but at the beginning of just about every game, we do a warm-up. It's a classic improv game called Yes And. It's basically you go around the group and you continue the adventure saying Yes And. Well, two sessions ago, I had my players go ahead and warm up, but I said I was sitting out because I was still doing some prep. Well, they took that to mean... Uh, that they were going to make me the star of their yes and. Um, and it was amazing, and I loved it. And I spent more time listening to them do that than I did prepping, so it was moot anyways. I hadn't considered that. That's very funny to, to answer his question. Is there any hope of encountering the renowned hero Justin in the game? I hadn't considered that. That's maybe now that it's in my head, but who knows. <laughs> All right, excellent. Next question from Iwing Twitch. I actually took this last question they sent and broke it up since it's like one question and then like several mini questions within the question. Um, okay. So first one, what inspirations do you use when world building? Can you go a little bit more in depth with the languages? Okay. 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 Well, I mean, obviously I'm a fan of the fantasy genre. So um, the big ones, anything Tolkien, anything... J.K. Rowling, anything, uh, you know, Dragon Riders of Pern. Um, I loved the Aragon books as a middle schooler. Um, though that so that those have inspired some things as well. Um, and then as far as other inspirations outside of the books I read, um. Depending on what's going, so this is funny. You'll actually appreciate this, Creed. Um, most of the time when I'm writing for Belgard and one other city that I've done some writing for, I'm listening to Sabaton. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will, these cities that I'm designing for are cities that have a theme of war to them. Uh, um, and Sabaton is a metal band that sings about war very often. So Real history not fantasy yes real history though don't get me wrong that one song i posted to you all about the dwarves i wish i could oh, remember what it's called uh, it's it's um diggy hole by um, diggy Rosalind. hole that's very much Rosalind about dwarves. Is a wonderful fantasy band because i listen to tons of bands that sing about history or uh, not history excuse me fantasy like Windrose, glory hammer um camelot uh hammerfall um I'm not thinking of others. I know there's one on the tip of my tongue, but oh, wonderful and, bands. And when I want to uh, create something particularly deadly, I'll immerse myself in the 80s. I'll go uh, like Rush and Queen. Well, it's a little earlier than the 80s, but so I'll, I'll try and put myself in a Gygaxian basement kind of a mood. There you go. Um, Good question. What, what, yeah, excellent question. Um, they did ask if you could go a little bit more in depth about the languages. I don't know oh. what particularly they mean, but they... Just oh, it's because we've homebrewed the languages. So, I hate common. And, Creed, I know you agree with me on this, that generally the notion of common, we hate. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you <laughs> removed it from your game when we were playing that. I've removed it from my game. Uh, absolutely hate common. Um, it's a clutch. It's a crutch, rather. You don't see it in any other anything. Uh, it doesn't exist. There's no such thing as common. So it, it, what, it is what, put into the game 
from 5e as like a way for because 5e is about simplicity with the indie. i agree yeah I agree. oh i agree too but i don't i never use it so what what I've done uh, with the help of Creed has played a role in setting this up, but also Patrick has been super uh, pivotal in getting it set up as well. Um, is we have we've said that humans, like every other race in D and D, have their own race or have their own language. And shocker, it's called human. They speak human, just like elves speak elvish or elven, and dwarves speak dwarvish. And orc speaks orcish. It, it it doesn't make sense to say it in the real world because that's not how things work. We don't say we speak human. We have dialects and other languages, uh, which is kind of how Creed you did yours, where you had like eighteen different languages we could choose from that were dialects. Oh yeah, I, um, I had several languages um, that were used. But, they they were just I, they were just name. They took I took real world languages and just named them something that sounded like it, like. Russian would be called Voss. English would be called Oaths. And, and, and kind of in that fashion, we're like, yeah. hey, whenever you are speaking this particular language, you can imagine what it sounds like in your mind. Like, what does so, Elvish sound like if you haven't for, seen Lord of the Rings? You right. So for me, that was too complicated. Um, it, it didn't matter so much as a player that it was complicated because I just had the four that I knew. <laughs> but right, as a right. DM, there's this massive list, and I'm like, ah, no. So we just we we simplified it, called it human for my game, and then eliminating common, we said, okay, what is the language of trade for this uh, nation? And language of trade has a name. Let's see if I can find it real quick. It was the dwarvish one, wasn't it called Thandelin? Uh, so the lingua franca is the, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. is is the real like the philosophy of it, and it's basically this notion that merchants are going to be the source of trade. That's your trade language. That if you want to survive and buy things from an economy, you've got to be able to speak the language to some capacity. So we decided when building our world that the dwarves uh, were the center of trade. Um, after the calamity, um, and that language spread at, at least in some broken capacity to all corners of the continent, and that is for, for lack of a better word, what we call common. But we have removed common, and it's just dwarf. That's the language of trade. And um, I think I straight up when I made my character because kobolds actually can speak whatever common is in your world, and then. That is the dwarven. Um, I just straight up threw it away. I was like, I'm not going to speak it. I'm a monster character. I'm not going to speak it. And it's 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 created situations for us. And I I always enjoy that. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you took it away. I'm really happy you took it away. Oh yeah. It's boring. I agree. <clears throat> it's boring. <laughs> that being said, if you're new to DMing and you use like common. common Use, use if use you're new common. to DMing. If you're a common. player that enjoys common, use it. I'm not saying it's bad. Uh, but it, 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 uh, it was you will, you will want to throw it away and be okay with throwing it away as you, as you enjoy more of the role play aspect, because yeah. it will improve your role play. Yeah. 5e is as successful as it is in part because of how they have simplified things. And for all intents and purposes, that's a good simplification. All right. Next question. Last one from iWing Twitch. What does your significant of D&D? Do you plan on DMing for your children? Um, so Beth 
is my significant other, and she played with us uh, for a very long time. She, um, I don't remember her character. Um, <laughs> That's a but joke. She played with us for a very long time. Uh, I wish I could remember who she played, but I just, I, every time I try to think about it, it just kind of leaves my brain. Oh, no. Um, the, uh, she thinks it's awesome. She loves what we're doing. Uh, she's very supportive. And uh, my, I will DM for my children if they want me to, and I'm doing everything in my power to uh, immerse them in nerd culture. But uh, if they choose to go down a different path and want to think dad's nerd stuff are boring, then I suppose that's that's their prerogative. I, I'm I'm uh I'm of the opinion that if you try and make it make them do it, they'll just they'll just not like it. You know. Yeah. You gotta let, it, you gotta let them choose. They want to do it. So just play it, enjoy it. They'll join you one day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's all of our questions. Thank you, Iwing Twitch, Patrick, Ashley, and Greg for all your questions that you submitted. Um, do we have anything else? I, mean, I think we've covered forty minutes or so. Uh, no, I think I think I, that that's it for me at least. Um, you tune in this weekend. Uh, not this weekend. The the following weekend. It is currently the weekend. Yes, uh, uh, Sunday the twenty second for Keep on the Borderland. I am yep. DMing with Justin, Kyle, Patrick, and Ashley, and uh, we will see you guys then. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful night. Wash your hands. Good night. See ya.